Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And you guys... We are so excited about the guests we have in studio today. They are dear friends of ours, but they are also pastors and Susan is a counselor. And you guys, they are going to share just just gold with you today. And so please make sure you listen all the way to the end of this episode. That's right. So I'm going to invite the cameras to pan out for those watching on YouTube. And you'll see these two beautiful people in studio with us. So as she told you, there are our dear friends, Brandon and Susan Thomas, the founders of Keystone Church in Keller, Texas, a church that we called home during our time when we were living there. And we just love it and love them. And they have such amazing insights for relationships, um, both as their work as pastors and Susan's work as a licensed professional counselor. And we're going to have a great conversation today. So guys, thank you for being here. So glad. Excited. Glad to be here. We're excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Well, we are so excited to have some very special friends here today, Susan and Brandon Thomas, and we just love them. We love you guys. And we're so honored to have you guys on the podcast. And we're going to talk about some really important things when it comes to marriage, and that is especially when it comes to conflict conflict resolution, and specifically when we are resolving conflicts around sex. And so I'm really excited about this episode because we get tons of messages about this. And I know you guys talk to tons of people about this as pastors and as a counselor. And so we're going to dive right in. Yeah. yeah. So this is what we do. Like when we get hard questions, we just bring on people who are smarter than us to answer them. (laughs) And that's what we've done today. We've tricked them into coming to answer (laughs) these hard questions for us. And now we're, we are really just honored that you guys are here. And like we said during the intro, um, Brandon and Susan, they're just the real deal. In fact, uh, they for our were our pastors for a season That's when we right. were living here uh, in the Keller area where their beautiful church is, and we just were so blessed by their ministry and continue to be. Um, but uh, they're helping folks in so many different ways, and they're mm. great, great at giving, giving biblical grounded advice as it relates to relationships. And so, guys, first, before we kind of dive into the question we've got, like, just how are you guys navigating this season that you're in, because you've you've got you know you're leading a thriving, growing church. You're you're relocating that church through a major building project. You've got kids going off to college, kids still at home. You're getting pulled in just a hundred different directions, true. you know. And <laughs> and yet somehow you're aging in reverse. Like oh, I would have just on, like now. all white hair and be grizzled looking, but you guys are doing it with such grace. So what are you learning 
just in your own marriage right now, like yeah. Yeah. this season. You know, first of all, so honored to be here. Yes. Seriously, I thought we were going to lunch. And here we yeah, are we doing you. a yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, truthfully, this is an honor. And and uh, we're so thrilled with what God is doing through both of you. Speaking into the areas that it honestly, if we don't speak into these areas, right? The culture is loud. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, The culture is loud and the church has often been silent. And and so how we're navigating yeah. this crazy world, building a building in the middle of a pandemic, you know, I mean, yeah. that little thing. You yeah. Know, yeah. When no one gathers. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, 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 a, it's a very unusual time, right? It's, it, you, yeah. you don't learn this stuff when you're going through ministry school or seminary, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, one of the words that I've been giving the church is you can't do this in the flesh. Yeah. And that's biblical language yeah. for saying uh, the Bible talks about doing things in the flesh. And what that means is. You can't do this on your own strength. Right. You you have lids, right? You have lids uh, of capacity. You have you only know so many people. You only have so much education. You only have so much money. You only have so many places you can turn. And so ultimately, both of us in this season have utterly, completely leaned on the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, and it's amazing how He brings things out of us that we didn't know were there, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> uh, pain tolerance is sometimes that yeah. patience tolerance, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's I think that's my overwhelming response is the is the presence of the Holy Spirit of God lifting lids, increasing capacity and uh, building endurance and wisdom and all of that. And whether you're talking about, as you said, conflict, sex, whatever mm-hmm. marriage topic or just stressors as a family and growing kids and and building a church and all the things um, at the end of the day it's being a team anchored in Jesus. If yeah. you're not if we're not anchored in Jesus, we won't be a team. And if we're not a team, we're going to be a house divided. Yeah. And so that's huge for us. And it's a refining process as it is for any human. You see the good, the bad, and the ugly, but the prayer is that you're growing. And that's right. our hope is that we're growing in the middle of it all and getting stronger in the middle of it all. Yeah. Because God's preparing you for something always, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And I know for many years, especially with what's going on in your life right now with the building and, and with all the kids growing up so fast, we were just talking about that before even recording this. I mean, it, it, it is, it's a it's a preparation even for more. Okay. And so it, it's not like it all of a sudden stops and you arrive. No, <laughs> and so it's, Right, exactly. And so heaven. So it's, we're always learning these things. And so kind of to, to get back into what we're talking about with, with conflict resolution, I think that so many couples kind of reach that sticking point because when they get through a conflict and then all of a sudden there's another one, they're like, wait a minute, we're just damaged. You know what I'm saying? And I know you all see that too with the couples in your in your church and couples you, you work with. I think that especially if they've been through a lot of conflict and then they do come through, it's just demoralizing to them because they think, man, man, I thought we arrived. I thought that we had this fixed. I thought that we wouldn't have to deal with this again. What would you say to that couple who's listening right now? Who's like, it just seems like, all we do is fight. Like, I thought we were through this, but we're not. Yeah. I'll, I would say this, and Susan has a lot to say about this. <laughs> this is honestly a message of her heart. She awesome. has incredible teaching on conflict resolution. But I'd say conflict resolution, you know, just those two words. You know, we all live with conflict, yes. but not all of us live with resolution. Yes. Yeah, you know, we all live with conflict. Conflict is a reality of life. Mm. Um, it's a part of our broken world, part of our broken nature. Mm. But I think a lot of us settle to live with conflict. And, you know, the Bible talks about how, um, you know, uh, don't go to bed with, uh, angry. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't let the sun set on your wrath. You know, we are not made yeah. by God to carry conflict, to carry anger, to carry bitterness. That's not how our soul was made. It's not our shoulders are not bent for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we do carry it, most of us do. 
I mean, whether yeah. that's conflict from family or within the marriage, mm-hmm. when you carry that, it, it's toxic and it changes you. And so <laughs> I'd say to that couple, start off with conflict is reality. You don't ever escape it. Right. But resolution is something you could work toward. Oh, yeah. yes. I love that. And it's so well said. The resolution piece is so crucial. And when people really understand how damaging conflict that is not resolved in marriage is, how it will destroy the fabric of your unity, when we understand that, it motivates us to learn how to resolve God's way. And when it comes to conflict in marriage, it's what we're saying. It starts with expectation. For that couple that's like, why are we especially broken? Why are we the ones so messed up? No, the reality is you're human. You have a pulse Mm -hmm. and we need Jesus. Everybody does. It's a level playing field from the get-go. But what we do from that level playing field is everything. Mm -hmm. And so when we understand expectation-wise that because of Genesis 3, because sin hit us, crashed into us, we begin broken. And that brokenness just begins to overflow when two broken people come together in marriage. So when we have that clear expectation, then it's like, okay, how do we move forward? How do we resolve that conflict between us? And this is a very long answer. As a counselor, this is something, a sea that I swim in. I'm passionate about it. But there's many ways to approach that conflict. One is you have to have the humility to say, you know, it's not about the right, being right. It's about being together, that we're right, that we're okay, that that's my first driving motivation And then the nuts and bolts of conflict, I believe there's three dominant conflicts in marriage. I believe there's misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. I believe there's true disagreements. We're on two different pages. And then I believe there's offense, a true offense. We have, one of us has sinned on each other. Right. And often it's both of us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the process, we've ended up sinning on one another. And depending on which lane of traffic you're in when it comes to conflict, we approach those different types That's of right. conflict completely different. There's different ways we work towards peace. The Bible says, you know, his children work towards peace. We are right. we are determined and committed to it. And nowhere do we need more p- peace than in our marriage. We Absolutely. need to have a home characterized by peace, not chaos, mm-hmm. not fighting. I love That's, it. that's so good. That's so good. And you guys have such unique insight and perspective. And you've got your thumb on the pulse of what couples are going through right now, both as, as leaders of a church. And then Susan also is your work as a licensed counselor. And right now, the weird time that we're in collectively, there are so many unique pressures in addition to all the other conflict sources people had up until the last couple of years. But what are you seeing in your church and in your spheres of influence as people are coming to you for advice? Um, what are the what are the main sources of conflict that the couplers are experiencing right now in your world? And what what advice are you giving them for those those specific sorts of conflict? Because chances are, if, if it's happening uh, in your church and with your clients and your congregants, it's happening with our listeners too. And so you're going to have a chance to kind of counsel, counsel them as well. It's broken my heart as people have uh, come back to church yeah. and you see one without the other. Yeah. Uh, you see one coming back with a different guy. It has utterly broken my heart to see the divorce that's occurred over the last 20 months. Um, and I want them in the church. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't come. I, I 100%, but it breaks my heart because yeah. part of our mission is is to save marriages. Oh, right. yeah. And um, so you're right. Um, you're right. The conflict and the, and the issues are real. I'd say the dominant, big, huge sex and romance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a million other things, but if you want to start, 
sex and romance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would agree with that. I believe that the stressors of the past year and a half, two years in our world, in our nation, in our homes, it is a pressure cooker that just, and it squeezes what is already there. Yes. It goes back to our initial thought that if we don't resolve the conflict, that conflict is going to destroy. And at the end of the day, the the broken places inside of us, pressure squeezes that to come to the surface. Yeah. So whether they're dealing with sex and romance just break down in their in their relationship or w- whether we are whether we are dealing with communication that we haven't learned how to communicate God's way and maybe right. we even downplay the importance of communication in our in our marriages mm-hmm. um whether it's the way that we do things differently our preferences or just allowing selfishness to just slither in you're stuck at home with each other for a while. Now everybody's <laughs> yeah. working from home and everybody's seeing that selfishness on full display. Right. And so all of those, I think, and more begin to squeeze a couple. And as you said, it's, it's so heartbreaking when you see um, its ultimate destruction right. of a marriage. Right. Yeah, it is. And, and I know we've even seen that, you know, over the course of the pandemic. And I think that, um, you know, uh, it, there, there are a lot of things that have been vying for people's attention. And I do think sometimes we just look for the easiest kind of exit, you know, because we're like, there's no way, like fixing this seems so overwhelming. Yeah. I just, I'd rather go with and find somebody I new. Feel better. Yeah, I just want to feel better. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just so lonely. Like, I think what we found too, so many couples, they, they were in the house together, but never so lonely. And I think that we've heard from some couples where they're like, I didn't, I just realized I didn't even know my spouse. Like I, I just, I felt like, why are we even in this? And it just breaks, it breaks our hearts too. I mean, it's just so sad, but I don't think it's all bad. I think that it's good that maybe God brought to the forefront of what's really going on here because, right. Cause that's when we can actually deal with it. I think we, we were so accustomed before the pandemic hit of just being busy, running the kids everywhere, going to work every day, having all your activities, because it's really easy to avoid your problems when you're just so busy, you know? And then all of a sudden the whole world stops and it's like, oh my gosh, wait a minute, we got to deal with this. And so, you know, to the couple that hasn't, you know, that they're, they're still together, but they're like barely hanging on. Yeah. Where would you start with them? Yeah. I mean, um, that is a great question. I mean, it all begins with why, like why, where is all this coming from? Mm -hmm. Like what this dissatisfaction, this loneliness, like where is all this coming from? If they were sitting across from me, if they were sitting in in a room with us and they were, uh, we were on a couch, they were on a couch, we're sitting there talking. I I would start with Genesis, uh, Genesis one through three. I mean, that for me, just if you want to ask me, the preacher, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to go to Genesis one through three because you you really can't understand the the solution until you understand the true problem, right? And the true problem is that God made us to not have loneliness. God made us to not have conflict. God made us to be to- totally known, mm-hmm. and He made us to be together. Mm-hmm. And um, yet, what we learned is our first family when they took a bite of that forbidden fruit, it broke everything top to bottom, and you can't put those pieces back together. It is broken, yeah. dead, gone. And so where to understand that that we come into marriage, I've got broken mouth disease. I've got broken ear disease. I've mm-hmm. got broken eye disease. My emotions are upside down. My appetites need help, mm-hmm. right? To understand that's your starting point in marriage, it really does help understand why this person's being so selfish, why this person whoa, I didn't yeah. see that dating, you know, yeah. or, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the fact that something would accrue over a period of time, well, that that's that's the way it goes if you're not working on it. 
right? Um, yeah. And I've told so many couples when I had the privilege to walk with people in pain and as a counselor, just as a minister, um, the truth is in a starting point, your question being, what do you tell that person? Just, I, I don't know where to begin. This is overwhelming. I will tell them. And often people come to me for marriage counseling. We're here right. for, for us. We're mm-hmm. in a bad place. Right. If your number one goal is to save your marriage, your marriage likely will not be saved. If as a couple, your number one goal is to know Jesus and love him and be loved by him, I I 100 out of 100 in over two decades of practice, when both couples just embrace that as their number one goal, I have yet to see a failure. Wow. Right, yeah. In all my, all my hours and hours of working with people. And it's because it's not churchy language. It's not just, oh, that's what pastors say. That's what you hear in a message. It is truth right. that when Jesus becomes your number one pursuit, he's going to show you how to pursue your spouse. He's going to show you how the pieces broke apart because of our sin and our brokenness. And he's the one going to help put that back together. So really, that is the starting point. Now, there's a whole lot of techniques. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of wonderful direction that we receive on what is the role of a husband and spouse. The Bible tells us such great wisdom there. Mm-hmm. How do we have sex in our marriage? First Corinthians 7 gives us great guidelines for that. Yeah. Um, how do we communicate with one another? Proverbs is chock full with very tangible specifics of how communication works and doesn't work. But the beginning point is where am I with Jesus? Because everything else, I'm going to be exhausted by the end and it really won't work. Yeah, a real tangible example of that, for example, um, that you could take guy, girl, a good example for a guy. Say you're in a, um, say you're in a marriage where physical is not happening. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm a guy and I'm for proverbial on the couch or literally on the couch, Mm -hmm. bread and water, however you want to say it, we're not having sex. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reasons, um, where do you go as a guy? I think a lot of guys, they then give themselves a hall pass for all kinds of things oh, yeah. that would sabotage any hope of a healthy yes. marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. And so they begin to in, indulge in those things, they even say words like, well, God and I have a deal oh, or yeah. God understands what I'm going through. And right. what we would teach them is, no, 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 hang on. If you will realign your yeah. focus that her, her giving you sex is not, is not really the ultimate need that you have. It is a need. Yes. It's a real need. It's I'm not diminishing that. But first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Mm-hmm. So all these things we added to you, the pra- practical yeah. application of that is, man, I want to I want to just hone in on Jesus with you. Like, Jesus, you're my everything. Like, go to him in the middle of the night. Go to him when you're, when you're lonely. Go to him when you feel the temptation. Go to him and say, God, I'm counting on you to be my everything. Fill my heart. And it's, and, and, and. At that point, you're leaning on him for things that someone else could never satisfy. Absolutely. And on the other side of that, for a woman, or maybe, honestly, this has been true for men or women. It's not always just one. But at times, if you're a woman in a marriage where you're not feeling that that attraction, you're not feeling that desire for sex, Mm -hmm. then when Jesus is your first pursuit and you're saying, God, I want to follow you, then feelings do not drive you. Faith drives you. Yeah. Now I'm not talking about an abusive, a physically abusive marriage, but there's sure. moments in a in a just a marriage where you say, God, I know that you have designed sexual intimacy as part of your creation for intimacy between my husband and me. And so there's times when I'm gonna faith it, not fake okay. it. 
I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or ten bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it Get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. I love that. I like that. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, we do. We hear from so many like that, like the feelings aren't quite there for a variety of reasons, you know, but but seeing it, you know, through the the, your faith, you know, and knowing like Jesus, Jesus can help me to fulfill this need for my husband, but also, you know, bring us closer together through the process. And it's really a matter of faith. I love that because we do hear the fake it thing a lot. I mean, but that's not going to sustain you. Jesus can sustain you, you know, I love that. That's great. It's Philippians 4.13. You know, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. our culture has kind of taken that mindset and they, they apply that verse without the Christ. And right. I can do all things. <laughs> yes. I can do what I can do yeah. all things uh, through my own effort. Sure I can do all happen. things yes. through my own you yeah. know ingenuity. And that's not the verse. And yeah. it's certainly not how it works. And so when we take Christ out of it, yeah. then we're not going to experience this kind of healing and wholeness. And and so I, I love, I love just pointing people back to Jesus because that really is the answer. And through him in him, we can do all things. Um, but we've got to, we've got to bring it all back to him. That's right. It's about surrender. You know, that's kind of what I hear you all talking about the surrender to the Lord and, uh, and bringing him your broken pieces. And I know again, it, 
some listening, if you're in a hard spot, they might be like, okay, I've heard that at church, but I mean, really guys, but truly, I mean, when you really do fully surrender and say like, I've done all I can do, Lord, and this, I'm really, truly surrendering to you and putting it in your hands. And you know, what's in my husband's heart, you know, what's in my wife's heart, you know, you know, what's in my heart. And I'm just asking you that, that you do whatever, whatever it is your will here and help me, you know, move in my heart to do whatever it is you want me to do. Because I think so many times when people are in conflict, they really do. I mean, they may not say it, but they really blame their spouse. You're right. They really do. I mean, we're as human beings. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard for us to blame ourselves, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think that when we fully surrender, you know, it, there, there's not this blame game. It's like, you know, it's really like God, God will, God will tell us personally what he's calling us to do. And, um, and it also when we fully surrender to Christ, there's there's this humility that he gives us. Like we always tell couples, you know, if they're not praying together, pray together because, you know, two things happen. Like you, when you pray together, you not only humble yourselves before the Lord and have that surrender, but you humble yourself before your spouse. Yeah. And it's really hard to stay mad at somebody and pray for them at the same time. And I always, I challenge people to do it. I'm like, try, I've tried like right. through our marriage. We've tried that before. You've, you've been <laughs> mad at me before? <laughs> what? You know what I'm saying? No. It's... But it's like, you don't, I mean, it really is amazing. Um, and it's not like everything's fixed. No. But it's but a there's a, point. right, it's a great starting point. And it is that point of of knowing it's not in my own power. Mm-hmm. Like, it, God, it's it's all up to you. Yes. Like, only you can really yes. fix this. Yes. You well, know? well, let's take all these amazing amazing insights and apply it to like one specific situation to the question because then that's like sometimes where the rubber meets the road and we can talk through like this is a real person dealing with a real thing and so and so i'm gonna i'm gonna tee up our question which again i don't know what it is today we Um, don't see it till just now we're gonna read it and we've got with brandon and susan here We've got, we're sure to get, talk about like being able to phone a lifeline, like when you're- a wealth of knowledge. You, know, you, need, you need some backup. We, we're, I'm excited, excited to tackle whatever this is. So I'm going to read this and then we're going to dive in. Thank you, by the way, for those who send in questions, which you can do at nakedmarriagepodcast.com. Um, and of course, you can also send us questions uh, on Instagram at Dave and Ashley Willis. Uh, and we'd love to talk to you there on Facebook. And if you're interested in connecting with um, Brandon and Susan uh, on Instagram. You can find him at PS, short for pastor, PS Brandon Thomas, uh, and Susan at Susan underscore Thomas one. And they, uh, they, they post great stuff. I stalk I them do. online regularly yes. and you can find them there. You can also follow Keystone Church for some great biblical teaching uh, as well. So today's question. My husband and I have been married for nearly five years, and we have two wonderful little boys. My husband and I are both very enthusiastic about our careers and future goals. Recently, my husband received a job opportunity where he would get to fulfill his career dreams and make much more money, but it would require him to travel over half the year and be away from our family. We decided it wasn't the right time for us at that point in time, but now, a few months later, the opportunity has arisen again, and he's more enthusiastic than ever. I want him to have job fulfillment and be happy, but I also don't want to uproot our family. My husband wants me to quit my job and be a stay-at-home mom so we can travel with him, but I just don't have that desire at all. I'm finishing up graduate school. I'm on a wonderful career path myself. How can we talk through this and be able to see eye to eye? I don't want to be selfish and not support his career, but I also want to do what's best for our family as a whole. 
Great, great question. Yeah. I think in different levels, every couple wrestles with these sorts of dynamics where you have to find a way to find unity uh, and compromise yeah. where the whole family can win because on marriage, you're on the same team, which means you're either going to win together or lose together. If it turns into one of us is going to win by getting our way and the other one's not, you've both lost. And so in a situation like this where... Um, no matter what decision is made, it can feel like someone is losing. Right. Uh, how how do we navigate? How do we navigate this? And so, uh, both for the the couple listening to this, and for every couple out there who's wrestling through a big life decision where you and your spouse aren't right now totally on the same page, what is the process to to get to a place of unity to make a decision? Yeah. Susan. Okay. <laughs> yes, this is big. This is a huge life decision for this big. family. And it's so true, Dave, that this represents whatever big decision you find that you and your spouse are disagreeing about. Sure. And yeah. when it comes to conflict resolution, this would run in the lane of disagreement. Right. Yeah. And so caution, because an offense is right around the corner mm-hmm. as you guys talk about this big decision. So I think the first place we have to go is with something this big, I need someone bigger speaking into my situation. So God, give me some rails to run on as we navigate this. So it starts with, I believe, getting wise counsel. Mm -hmm. Have some people around you. Maybe that is a trusted biblical counselor, a licensed biblical counselor. Maybe that is um, a pastor in your church, someone that you know is pursuing Jesus that you could bring into the room, a safe person to help you guys talk through those things. That would be one you know, suggestion because sure. God yeah. says, Hey, we make plans without wise counsel. It's it's not going to typically go well. Right. And then as you guys discuss this in a respectful way with one another, laying out your options and and having, you know, those people that you trust speak into the situation, this is hard. But once it has been exhausted in conversation, the details have been laid out, God does have a structure for marriage. Mm-hmm. He has a structure of leadership that he has given as a gift. And that is that the husband is that leader of the home appointed by God. And that a wife, one of our, our roles that God has given to us is to follow our leader. And so if he's not leading us into sin, if he's not leading us to go rob a bank or to do something that is clearly against scripture, then once we've exhausted that wise counsel and that discussion time, and and we've, we've completed that, it's that step of faith. And that is hard as a wife and as a wife that, you know, I have strong dreams and desires as well, that God has given that to me first requires, okay, Lord, do I believe you are good? Do I believe you're a good God that you would give this as part of my role? If I believe that, then I can trust that if I follow you, the outcome will be good. Even if at times it may be painful, I may be sacrificing, surrendering something Mm -hmm. in order to follow you first before I ever follow him. And so that that's a tough answer, um, but I do believe it is one of the starting points to to say, am I even willing to follow God and follow my husband as my leader? I think wrestling with that um, is probably going to be one of the the biggest challenges. I think, I think as a as a man, you know, you also have to start with the starting point of, um, man, we are Team Thomas. We are a team. We are one. And the Bible says to the men live in an understanding way, you know? And so that, that tiebreaker moment, you know, that you just referred to, uh, is not that it's not the absence of leadership on the wife. That's the biggest mistake people make when they, when they understand this principle. 
we are both leadership. There, there is a point where there is a decision to be made. There's got to be a decision to be made. And, and at, at that point, I would say that that man has exhausted understanding as well. Like he understands and he has prayed and sought. I would, I would bring men around me who know me too. And they'd say, dude, you are, you're ramming this through. Mm-hmm. She is not made for you to be away. You know, like, uh, you married a girl who is the best girl for you and she needs you near, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, there are other women, we know them who their husbands travel and they're made for that. Yeah. They are made for that. They're mama bear ready to go made for that. Different people are different ways. Yes. And same right. thing with, yeah. with the men, you know, who I am, you know, I'm a different person. And so we compliment one another. Yes. In that yes. Way. And going back to the basics that again, if you are making a decision and not filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that you are not pursuing him, then it is a, a great chance that you may make a decision that ends up causing pain. And mutual submission to is yeah, another word. Exactly. That biblical word, mutually submit to one another, submit one to another is you don't take, you don't demand, you don't lay it down, you don't, you know, you don't pound the table. Um, that is that is opposite of what Jesus would model for us. To serve is the greatest thing. Jesus laid down his life. We are called to love you as Christ loved the church. And so this would be one where you're both willing to sacrifice. Right. Back to that first. Sure. So, so, so yeah, true. Absolutely. And I would just add to, to not necessarily make a, a decision out of fear on either end. Fear of this opportunity never, like never receiving this opportunity again or fear of of what may happen if you don't take it and if you know you're not going to have that money or be resentful of each other or you know will he resent me because I'm the one who necessarily like he might view me as holding him back or whatever I just think there's got to be so many conversations with wise counsel just like they talked about so much prayer so much prayer going into this because what would be ideal would be if God calls you both to the same conclusion you know there are times where just like Susan and Brandon were saying where like you're just you're not coming to a conclusion together. And so ultimately there's that 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 major decision making and you're just trusting that God is lead, leading you in the right direction, even though you necessarily you haven't necessarily both come to the same conclusion. But what would be ideal is if you both are praying and you're both pursuing God and you're saying, God, I'm laying down all my own opinions here. I've made them known because you want to make them known. And I've listened to my spouse and and we've had, you know, good, healthy conversations, not point, finger pointing or yelling or anything like that. But we're not afraid. We're trusting you. Please, Lord, lead us to the same decision. And and that that would be ideal. So that is my prayer for you all. But I do want to say this. Please consider this because we've had these kind of decisions off and on throughout our 20 year marriage. You can't get back that time with your kids. And I just want to make that clear. And I know I'm a mom. Mom always kind of goes there. But um, I will say you know, definitely think about that time with your children. I'm not saying that God won't call you to travel because of that. I'm not saying that at all. Um, It doesn't necessarily make you any less of a dad. You know, you can still be a good dad and have a job that travels, but you're going to be missing out on a lot. And so that's definitely something to consider. You also can't get back that time with your wife. So I just think that that we need to take all these things, you know, into consideration. And um, and I'm not saying that to guilt anybody because um, we travel for work like we're, we're away from our kids right now 
to work. So I understand, you know, sometimes jobs require travel, but it is something not to take lightly because we do want to make sure that whenever we're having any kind of decision like this, it's not only a marital decision, but it's also a family decision. And, um, and I don't know how old your kids are. You said little, so they may not be able to have an opinion, but if they're old enough to have an opinion, um, you're, you don't necessarily pose the question to them as if they're the ones making the decision. But I do think that it's, it is something to ask your kids, just their opinion on it, just so you can hear their hearts. And then you can actually talk as a family uh, in preparing wherever this decision may go. And so when you do ultimately make that decision, everybody kind of has a little more understanding together. And one final thing I'll just add is the Bible says do everything with love and oh, yes. the challenge specifically even for the for the husband here we're called to love our wives as Christ loved the church and he loves us with great understanding great patience and great self-sacrifice he laid down his mm-hmm. life yeah. for us um if we're loving our wives in that kind of way does your wife know that you love her more than your career does she know that yes. you love her um more than than your preferences your desires all those other things um Make sure that she knows those things. It doesn't mean that that maybe this career path is the best thing for your family, um, but just make sure that in this decision process, it's not just about what do I want personally for my own, what I feel like will be self-fulfillment or professional fulfillment, but what is going to make my, my, my wife, my family know they're most loved by me. And being a provider is part of that. We're, you know, we need to work hard and be a provider, but the best thing we can provide our families is ourselves. And if something is going to take us away to the point where we can't be there to, you know, to show them the love that they need from us, then um, maybe no job is worth that. And so just factor all those things and then apply all this other great wisdom that that you've heard. Maybe just rewind. People don't rewind anymore. Back in my day, we rewound (laughs) stuff, but skip back and listen to what was just shared, that whole process about seeking counsel. And I think all those things can help. And I want to say this real quick, too. I know this is a longer explanation, but there's a lot of moving parts to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, try to find somebody who's been there. Maybe they're 10 years ahead of you, and this was their job. I can't tell you how how much we have benefited from mentors who have been through similar situations. Um, They bring so much perspective. Make sure that these are are people of faith who share your same, um, your faith, your principles, um, who maybe have a family dynamic like you would want to have and really talk through some of these scenarios because I guarantee you there's things they did right that they'd want to repeat, but there's also things that were maybe they consider mistakes where they would want to help you not make the same mistake. And so there's just such wisdom in, in those mentors out there and they're usually very eager to help. So I just wanted to put that. So good, man. A lot of just wisdom from from this episode. Brandon and Susan, you guys are the real deal. Thank you. Thank you. For making time to share. You guys just have such a heart to 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 give and to serve. And we see that in your work and your ministry and your counseling and even the time you've shared with us today. You guys are a gift and we just uh we're just thankful to call you friends. Thank you. Grateful for you. So grateful for you and XO. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.